Number one wide receivers are game changers for NFL offenses. Who are our top 10 wide receiver prospects over the last 10 years? We'll rank them and discuss them next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL, my national scout with the Draft Network, and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, the champ is here with me, Mr. LSU himself, my guy, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. Man, and like DP says, what? 2019 national champ. Yes, so you're getting some champ talk over here, man. But you know why we're here? Myself, Damian Parsons, we're here to bring you championship-level content surrounding the NFL draft. And like we said, man, we're deep into the, the months of June, man. We in the dog days. We're trying to pull out, you know, just little tid pieces here and there. See if DP, see if Stephon Diggs is going to show up to Bills camp, right? We're talking about those things. But DP, while we're talking about these wide receivers, we have a playmaker show. You know we like to call those wide receivers the playmakers, man. We have a playmaker show. We're going over the best wide receiver prospects over the past decade. So we're talking about coming out of college, their collegiate career, who's the best 10 wide receiver prospects coming out of college, heading into the NFL, man, and DP. I'm going to let you kick this thing off and put out your top five, let you go one through five, I'll go one through five, and then we go six through 10. All right. Oh, man. Listen, this was not easy, guys. I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of... You sound like you're not about to say it with your chest, man. We, we got to nah, talk. Nah, nah. We don't want to say it with the chest. It was tough. It was tough. <laughs> it was definitely tough, man. But um, I, I had to... Like, going through the through, through the list and, and the history of the last 10 years, you know, I had to revise my list. I left off some big names. And, and for me, my number one guy is Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ is my, is, is my top receiver over the last 10 years, then you have Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Well, hold on. Let me switch that. Actually, it's Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, then Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, because those are my two favorite receivers in, the, in, that, in that time span. Then I'm finishing off with Clemson with Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans. Oh, okay. Sammy Watkins and Mike Williams, sorry. Samuel and Mike Williams. Okay, I'm going to read off my top five. My top five went, I went, and, and this was coming out of college, right? Like, come. <laughs> I did up doing the whole list. My yeah, man. <laughs> definitely did the whole list. I was counting. I'm like, we way past five now, but I'm going to let my guy rule. <laughs> we way past five. Um, But nah, man, so I'm going to go my top five. Um, I went Amari Cooper, right? Coming out of college. I mean, ranking these guys. I went Amari Cooper. I went Jamar Chase. I went Sammy Watkins. I went Odell Beckham. And I went Calvin Ridley. That was my top five. Ooh, okay. When I, when I watched them, man, just guys. You talking about the collegiate? You caught me off guard here, brother. Which like, one? Which one I caught you off guard with? I didn't hit no OBJ in there. You know what I'm saying? No, I did. I did. I did. I did. did you say OBJ? Was, yeah, Omari Cooper. Then it was Jamar Chase. Then uh-huh. I did Sammy Watkins. And I did Odell Beckham. 
Okay. And then I did Kelvin really. They was tough okay. because not nah, not. Nah, and it's it's so funny, man, because we looked at these classes. Um, Sammy Watson, Odell Beckham was in the same exact draft class, right? I think Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham, and Mike Evans. And so obviously in hindsight, right? Like I'm putting Odell Beckham probably number one, you know, especially over Sammy Watkins, but I had to be true to myself, right? Like true to what I felt at that moment. And I, I knew that Odell was a special talent. I just expected Sammy Watkins to be a special talent too. You thought this was going to be more one of those situations where you had Julio Jones and AJ Green, like they both were just all pros and it was just a matter of, who the hell stayed healthier the longest, right? Like that was right. going to put up the more put up the most numbers, man. So DP, what what did you find like out of ranking these guys? What, what was the most tough uh part when you're talking about one through five? And can you read the top five again? Cause I know you went 10, and so you because I had to it was out of order, so I ended up reading the whole thing. But OBJ was at one, I think I, uh Mike Evans at two, D Hop at three, Mari Cooper at four. And then I'll put Jalen Waddle at five. So, so I want to talk about yeah, uh, your, your you had Mike Evans and D Hop, and both of those wide receivers are not known for being speed guys, right? And so, right. but they're, they're still at the top of your list. So, is this something where it's more of a contested catch situation, or like what were some of the things that you liked about those guys, and you know, things that just transition? Man, it's the simple fact that. Bro, those are two unstoppable forces at the wide receiver position. You know, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. I and mean, Some people might not like this. Mike Evans made Johnny Manziel Johnny Manziel. Okay, let's <laughs> let's just call it what it was, man. You know what I'm saying? That that whole saying, man, you know, forget it. Mike Evans down there somewhere. That was Johnny Manziel all the time. He ran right. around. He did a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, that man was throwing contested catches left and right to, a, to, to Mike Evans. And Mike Evans... And of course, we we know what he's done in the NFL. He's a little bit older. He's not as explosive as he as he once was. But in college, he was fast, ball skills. He was actually a better route runner than people gave him credit for. But you know, again, you playing with Johnny Manziel, you know, it, it's very that that offense was very simplified. I think it was Kevin Sumlin as a head coach and everything. But like same thing with D Hop, man. Like living in the Carolinas, D Hop was that guy. You know, what I mean, him mm-hmm. and Sammy. But D-Hop was that absolute dude because you knew you could rely on him. Number one type of receiver. You know, he did. He ran routes. He could separate. The I think they say like two, three X gloves. So, like, the, the whole myth of it, like, talking about his hand size and yeah, being able to yep. just grab the ball from anywhere on the field, the, the catch radius. He had everything. Inside versatility, outside versatility. He was just an absolute dog, man. Just one of the best receivers in Clemson football history. And then the ACC, and he was out there. That was when the ACC was kind of humming back then, man. You know what I mean? So it was just like, and I think, what, who's this quarterback? Was it, was it Taj? Was Taj uh, Boyd his quarterback? I think he had Taj Boyd. I'm pretty sure. And I rocked with Taj. Taj was just, you know, Taj just was a couple years, you know, maybe a couple he years before, before his Yeah, time. he was about 10 years before his time. If he'd have came out now, he, he'd have been drafted. I mean, if Skylar Thompson is playing for the Miami Dolphins, right, Taj Boyd could have easily. Um, Come on, man. Got him, got him some years and got him some run. But DP, real quick before we transition, I my 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 guy and I went number one, Amari Cooper, man. And I have to give him his credit for just being the best blend of size, speed, athleticism. And you think about if you stretch this to 15 years, right? Like 
and I mean, I you know, gotta give them credit. Like coming collegiate careers when you put them together, this really came down to like an Alabama and LSU, right? Like Jamar Chase and Justin Ellison, Odell Beckham, and then you had Amari Cooper, and then I'll throw in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, right? Like that right. it's those three, and it's like it's a toss-up um whoever you know you want to go with. But DP, look, man, we went we went one through five, right? And you you had mm-hmm. a couple of interesting names. You went with the bigger bodied guys. Um, we'll see if those guys even make my list because one of them I know for sure. <laughs> Uh, potentially didn't even make my list. So, DP, we're going to keep this thing going, man, and we're going to talk about wide receivers 6 through 10. Like we said, the past decade, the best wide receivers, we went 1 through 5. We're going 6 through 10, see who else pops up on this list. Right now, make your way to FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I absolutely love betting on fan. You get great promotions every single day for all for all the different variety of sports. So there's a variety of options uh, that, that you can select to your liking. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. No stress, no mesh. And as well as well, the best thing is getting paid instantly. I don't want to just win money. I want to win my money. It's my money now that I've won it, and I want it immediately, right away. And, and FanDuel Sports allows that to happen. There's no better place to bet on any of the playoff action, whether it was the NBA, you got NHL, you know, MLB is coming around. Whatever action it is, then America's number one sports book, which is FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Keith. Ranking wide receivers 6 through 10. I started with 1 through 4. Actually, I did 1 through 10. But then I came back and did 1 through 5. So you let me know who who made your list from 6 through 10. Yeah, I'm gonna go because you you let the people know already. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and knock this out, man. I start. I left off with Kelvin Ridley at five, right? Then I went. I went Devontae Smith at six. I went Justin Jefferson at seven. I went Mike Evans at eight. I went Jerry Judy at nine, and I went Garrett Wilson at ten. Mm. God, Garrett Wilson. That that name that caught me slipping a little. I did not. I looked at him. I thought about it. But I was like, man, there's been so many. It's just, this was not easy. I said at the beginning, this was not easy at all. Um, I think I, I ended with, uh, I believe it was Devonta Smith at five, if I remember correctly. And then, you know, you got Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, Jalen Waddle, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans. And Keith, I'll tell you right now, as I talked about with. Um, Wait, so you had Jamar Chase down some. Yeah, I had him a little bit further down. Oh, we yeah. gotta talk about this. You slipped that in there. You just you just dropped that in there. <laughs> we gotta talk about that. You kind of you know you didn't say that when it's loud. You said yeah, Jamal Chase and uh no, we gotta talk about that. <laughs> but this is this is good to have these conversations, right? Just about right. what we've seen from these prospects, and and once again, right, we'll talk about coming out of college, right? Just you know yeah. some of the you know things that we've seen. So talk about Jamal Chase just from your perspective. Um, you know, some of the, I guess, the questions you may have had or, you know, what you've seen and, you know, just things like that. Let's talk to the people. I think for me, it was more so like just a little bit more of like longevity, the COVID year, taking that extra year from him. So we could have seen mm-hmm. him repeat because we saw that one year. But I think one of the questions was typically we see God perform for one year. It's like, OK, is this a blip or is this a trend like is this going to be going to be consistent as as we've seen in the nfl where his first two seasons of the league he's an absolute dog right like he is what he was at, at lsu he, he's one of the top guys but yeah that's why because I, I you know i looked at like like i said mari cooper right you talked about him 
OBJ. To me, OBJ is king. You know, him and Mari Cooper, you know, really up there, you know, up there in terms of some of the best route runners uh, that I think I've ever seen. Like guys who just knew how to win man-to-man, one-on-one. Just you put them, hey, listen, go get a bucket. Those are guys who could go get a bucket, right? And, of course, you know, for me, uh, showing love to D-Hop and Mike Evans being those two bigger body guys. Uh, so that's why Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson both slipped down a little bit to me. But, like, they were still – and Devonta Smith was always – like, I at the, I prefer route runners. That's kind of always been my preference for the most part. I've mm-hmm. expanded my preference a little bit more to a bigger bodies, those guys who can win the contested catches. But I always like a guy that can – hey, man – just like just like and one can 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 you can you make the crossover and get the open shot and you know what I mean right. and I look at guys like Devonta Smith and all those route runners but like the Justin Jefferson Jalen Waddle Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins man I'm gonna tell you again being from Carolina when Sammy Watkins was at Clemson bro you know it was a big play just waiting to happen like it was just bound to happen and I, I will say this the injuries to me stole what could have been one of the best receivers that we've seen. Like, because he had the size, the, the the body type, the explosiveness, the run at the catch ability. He had all of that. No, nah, no, nah, I agree with you. And I think about it, Dupika, we said this is an Alabama and LSU race, right? But I, you, I believe you have three Clemson wide receivers do, yeah, on, 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 your, uh, on your list. I actually there. took T. Higgins off, so it would have been. And you almost had T. Higgins on there. Okay, yeah, so that, I, that, I, had to, I had to take him off. With <laughs> <laughs> that Sammy, Sam, with that Sammy Watkins, you had Mike Williams and, and DeAndre Hopkins, man. Mm-hmm. I think that's and, and I mean, hey, and you talk about productivity. Well, I mean, Sammy Watkins in the NFL, but those other two guys have been, you know, fairly productive. So maybe they're they're right a, a tier under that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, like we, this is an easy plug right here for Damian Parsons, the new host of the Locked On Clemson podcast, man. Those wide receivers getting produced out of there, and those defensive linemen, man. But DP, I'm, I'm gonna keep going with my thought process into this um this wide receiver group right because if you look at Devontae Smith you know smaller wide receiver right Justin Jefferson not the biggest guy Mike Evans I had which is a big body wide receiver Jerry Judy smaller guy and Gary Wilson when I when I came into rank so that's four of my five guys right I took Um, Judy off it hurt me but I ended up taking Judy off (laughs) (laughs) I just had to put myself because I'm and I'll tell you this DP I would never forget this moment uh, we were playing Alabama, right, at LSU. Jerry Judy did, like, he was full going. He caught the ball, full going, accelerated, right? And and it's probably a highlight. I'm going to show it's probably all over his draft pro- profile. But he stopped, just stopped yes. all yep. the time. And two odd defenders ran into each other. And these were high caliber football players. These is this is not eight year old punk ball, right? Like these are not twelve year olds. Like he's playing SEC. Like a lot of those guys that he was playing against played in the NFL. And when he made two odd defenders run into each other, I just shook my head, right? And you talk about some of those moments that you never forget. That's a moment I never forget, and I still have to give him his credit, right? Like, and now you know that's what we say. We try to put ourselves in the element of when these guys came out of college. Uh, Jerry Judy was special, man, and I hope that we finally get to see when he has a quarterback. Reason why we always say what wide receivers are dependent on who's throwing the football, maybe the most dependent position on the football field. Hopefully we get to see better versions of Jerry Judy. And then I threw Gary Wilson in there. And I don't think that that was recency bias. I think I just truly respected his game and, and, and what he did as a football player. And I know a lot of people are going to hear that I have Justin Jefferson at seven. Um, I knew he was highly skilled and highly talented, right? And I thought he would be highly productive in the NFL. Um, but I, I viewed it more of 
Hmm. I'm trying to think of a, a good wide receiver comparison. I don't know. Like, like let's say Stephon Diggs, right? I don't know if Stephon Diggs was ever so he viewed was a as round pick. Yeah, he's the fifth round pick, but then also I don't know if he's ever viewed as the best wide receiver in the NFL, hands down. You know what I'm saying? Like I thought Justin Jefferson would be in a conversation yeah. for top seven, top eight from season to season, but not hands down the king of the entire NFL. And that's what Justin Jefferson is. I think Mad Rankers just came out and they had the guy ranked at a 99. So which I'm all for, baby. LSU, we know that the best. Let's get that man a hundred, bro. Program. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a hundred, dog. Like, just go ahead and stop playing with it. This man has three consecutive years over fourteen hundred yards receiving with Kirk Cousins throwing him the football. Hey, I, walk, I don't walk straight off of LSU campus, man, into the NFL dominating, which I'm excited because I'll tell you a story real quick. I remember being in the um, at the combine. This was right before COVID. This was after we won a championship combine, and um, I was sitting with a group of scouts, man, and I was telling them like, look, because in, in that class, you know, that was Jalen Rieger, that was Jerry Judy, that was Justin Jefferson. It was, I think it was, yeah, yeah, it was like five wide receivers that went in that uh, first round. And I kept telling them, like, look, out of these guys, I think Justin Jefferson is the best. And I'm like, you know, and it was like, oh, we'll see, we'll see. And then that's just something that when I see them in person now, I just kind of look at them like, I told you so. Like, the guy was that good. You know what I'm saying? So, it was just a little, you know, you got to see, you got to take your wins when you take your wins, man. You got this, is difficult, uh, this is a difficult job, difficult process, what we do. But, man. I think. I was about to say real quick, Keith. I, I, I was for me, Jalen. I, I talked about Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle may be the most dangerous guy on, on my list. The only thing that, that hurt him for me was See, the I fact that he got, just he got I, hurt. I, yeah, and, and I left Jalen Waddle off, and I and I respected his. He's another guy where I have a moment where I remember he tore LSU up, right? Uh, but I just it, 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 I'm not gonna lie, like I, I'll be completely honest. When I look at my rankings, like some of it came to size, and I, I want to get into yeah. that into the next segment too. Some of it came into oh, size. No, for sure. I love Jalen yeah. Waddle. Waddle, Waddle definitely would have been higher for me because everybody remembers, you know, me like that that draft. It was like you know, it was what Waddle, um, Waddle Chase, and Smitty, and Waddle was my favorite guy. While I knew that Smitty better better catch radius. Jamar Chase, bigger body, better catch radius, things of that nature. But I was like, I remember listening, remember reading the quote that season after the Missouri game. Missouri's head coach said, "We're gonna let." He's like, "Listen, we gotta, we we gotta let Devonta Smith beat us." It was like, "We cannot let J- Jalen Waddle beat us in this game." It was like, "Cause he's one of those guys, basically, and just kind of paraphrasing, he's the most dangerous of the two. Whereas that kind of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson situation." Or, or, you know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, yeah, Clay's a good shooter, but Steph can shoot from the freaking half, from half court. Like, it's, it's a different, it's a different ball game. You know what I mean? And shout out to, to the different Nuggets for winning, but I'll use this parable. Jokic dropping 51 and Steph Curry dropping 51, those are two totally different 51s. You know what I mean? It's the same point total, but they feel, they hurt very differently to a defense. So that's how it was with Jalen Waddle. But like I said, if he had stayed healthy that final year, he definitely would have been higher because the production would have matched the skill set. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree with DP, man. Let's keep this thing going and let's transition to our listeners. Like we said, man, we're here for you every single day, right? You DP, what you call them, our everydayers, man. Guys that tap in with us, the family. What we want to do is, as we go through this process throughout the summer, we thought that this was a good time 
to talk to you all about our philosophies when it comes to positions, right? So this is what we're going to do. We gave you our one through five, our six through 10. Now we want to go to what is the value of a wide receiver and just our philosophies approaching them just through the draft process. So I think it'd be a really dope conversation that we get to have with y'all. Y'all know y'all can hit us up on Twitter. Y'all can comment on YouTube and let us know some of the things y'all agree with, some of the things y'all may disagree with, and some of the things y'all have questions about. So coming up next, let's get into the value and let's get into the philosophy of drafting wide receivers. Value is everything, Keith. It- it's, it's what it is when it comes down to the NFL draft. It's all about value. We talked about it with the running backs. People rather wait to the sixth round and grab a guy that fits their scheme. But that's not a conversation or a narrative that's going to fit wide receivers. It's a passing league now. What is the value of the wide receiver period and especially the impact of having a number one wide receiver to an NFL offense, in your opinion? Man, DP, it's... This is so tough, right, because we went through some of these classes and I'm, you know, I'm not going to drag this segment out for 10, 15 minutes. Right. But some of these classes, when you you look at um, I think it was the 2017 year. Right. You go uh, uh, the 2016 year. You go Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, Josh Dotson, Laquan Treadwell, Sterling Shepard. Then you finally get to Michael Thomas. Right. Then you had I think the 2017 year you go. You go Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, Zay Jones, Curtis Samuel. Then you finally get to the combination of Juju Smith-Schuster and Cooper Cup. So when you talk about what is the value in the wide receiver position, I think the value is is stuck in the traits, right, and what you look for because we consistently see, um, you know, wide receivers get drafted high, quote-unquote, just based off of production. And, I, you know, I know, you know you're big on what, DP, you always say that production doesn't necessarily translate. I think that's more – than ever with the with the wide receiver position, we go after these wide receivers that have a lot of production instead of just grading the athletic ability. And I think the value for the wide receivers in the athletic ability, because if you look at just where wide receivers are drafted, you'll find fifth rounders, you'll find third rounders, you'll find a ton of first round guys that just didn't work out. And that's probably yeah. because you were drafting more towards a, 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 um, you know, production, right, and, and, and yardage and statistics versus looking at the wide receiver cutting the film on and looking at their, you know, looking at how they went in their athletic ability. No, 100%. Shout out to the 2014 class, right? You got Shout Sammy Watkins with <laughs> Sammy Watkins with fourth overall. You got Mike Evans at seven, Odell Beckham at 12, Brandon Cooks at 20, and then Kelvin Benjamin at 28. Like Devontae Adams was a second round pick in that year. Allen Robinson uh, out of Penn State. Man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was some, that was Martavis Bryant. You know what I mean? Another Clemson receiver. And, you know, at, at number in the fourth round, who was, uh, once he got into that Steelers offense, was an absolute monster when he could stay on the field and everything, man. But I think the value, it, like you said, not like, and I always, I think I said this on Twitter because somebody was coming at me because I have Marvin Harrison Jr. over uh, Roma Adunze. You know, from Washington, and you know, this some random person, random follower, or whatever, was just like quote tweeting and dropping all these stati- like these little yeah, metrics you, and all that. DP, you had some Twitter beat, man. You got bro. Beat. I was, I was so shocked. I was so confused because I was just like, "What is going on here?" But it's like, like I told him, I said, "Man, listen, stats are cool, but they don't translate to the league. Skill sets do, and we see that from time to time." And remember, I said that from this past draft, I was like, "Man, if a Marvin Mims had fourteen hundred yards and fifteen receiving touchdowns with his athletic profile, Keith, he's probably back into the first round, you know, pick. You know what I mean? Because that does happen where you see NFL teams look at the guys like, well, he's fast. He, he does this well. But, man, he was super productive. Well, if he was super productive in that offense, 
well, he's sure to be super productive for us. And it's like, all right, does the skill set even fit what you do? Like, and I, you know, you know, my slogan: draft for the plan. We see that way too much that NFL teams don't do that. The the value of having a wide receiver one is, man, it's hard to measure because when you got a guy that can change the numbers, where you have a D hop and then you look around him and the rest of the receivers are just okay. But because he's the guy, right, in Houston, especially his time in Houston, he don't have any quarterback worth a note for the most part, but he's still dominant. Double teams, bracket cover, it didn't really matter. He was still able to cook, right? We've seen it. Like, I know, you know, I'm not saying that about, you know, about Eli. Eli's a Hall of Famer, right? He's two-time Super Bowl champion. But at the same time, there's a reason why when Odell (laughs) – it's the reason why when Odell initially went to the Browns to play with Baker, people were like, oh, my God. Like, people were excited because Baker got the big arm, and they felt like he could get even more out of OBJ than what Eli was able to do, right? So, like, the situations matter, but having a true number one wide receiver, it's so it's so pivotal, man. It's so important to an offense because when you can have a guy that defenses have to game plan for every single week, you know what I mean? Even – I'm, I even go as far as you know, look at those Patriots teams, right? Julian Edelman, when he stepped into that wide receiver one role. Yeah, he wasn't outside, you know what I'm saying, and working the perimeter. But that when he's in the, on, the, on the slot, you know that, okay, I can't put a linebacker on him. I got to watch what type of safety I put on him. And sometimes you're like, you know what, forget it. Double coverage this guy. You know what I'm saying? We're going to play inside out type of type of coverage and try to take him away because that's the number one receiver of the offense. So every offense needs a number one receiver, which that's why we told Patriots that they need to get more weapons because they don't have one right now. Um, you know what I mean? They don't have anybody to game plan for. But, you know, it, it's, it's valuable, man. But at the same time, like you said, that no matter how talented the wide receiver can, is or can be, if you put them in the wrong situation – Success is not guaranteed. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. That's why we keep saying, right, the most dependable position, man. So before you even draft a wide receiver that's highly skilled and highly talented, because we'll go back to the Sammy Watkins conversation. I don't think Sammy Watkins got to the NFL and just fell off a cliff. He didn't have a reliable quarterback to throw him the football. If Josh Allen and Sammy Watkins were paired together in Sammy oh, Watkins' prime, I need you're, it. Probably, you're probably getting – you know, a, a highly productive Sammy Watkins early on, man. And we'll consistently say that. You look at wide receivers. Remember there was a time, man, when Randy Moss was washed up with open, right? right? Then open. he got traded to the New England Patriors and he broke three touchdowns the NFL later. <laughs> record for receiving touchdowns. You don't go from being washed up to breaking the NFL receiving and He should have had the, the, the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl if, if, if Ellis Hobbs had did his job, you know, in coverage and not get beat by Palexico Burris, but we're not going to go there. But the yeah, point no, is, no. is that 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 could have no you you 100. And we I think we've seen that with other with other receivers just being in kind of not so great situations. Then they get to a really good quarterback, and it's like, well, uh, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's just like, well, you know, he is talented. He is a good player. It's just not you know we've seen go from good quarterbacks. Right? You saw Deion Branch go from Tom Brady to Seattle, and he was not the same player, you know what I mean? And, and he didn't perform the same. Dante Stallworth, like, really took off even further when he got to New England and played with Tom Brady. I think he he was also there during the Randy Moss time as well. It's just those two as deep threats, man. So situations always matter. And we got – listen, at the end of the day, when we get into the 2024 draft class, y'all know I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Don't send this man to no dumpster fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you send him to a bad situation, you can't expect the player – 
who is reliant, as Keith, said, Keith continues to tell you, if he's relying on the quarterback and the quarterback's inaccurate, he can't see the field well, he's just not good, what do you expect the receiver to do? Just run yeah. routes and get cardio? That's really all they're doing. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, that's just what it is. But, guys, as always, man, we appreciate y'all. Uh, we thank y'all so much for being our everydayers. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Uh, you know, as always, in terms of Twitter, like I said, guys, well, first of all, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Jeff your first listen today and every day, being the family, being the everydayers. In terms of Twitter, you can find Keith Sanchez and follow him at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow. We're going to talk some tight ends on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.